What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is your host, Holden, with Dog Talk. Man, I'm glad to have you guys here. It is game week. It's hard to believe that we are already uh, at game week, but we are here. We are rocking and roll. Matter of fact, as we're talking right now, there are college football games already going on in the background. Uh, I don't have the sound and everything playing, so you're not going to have to worry about hearing the sound, but there are games already playing. UCF uh, has already kicked off. They're playing Kent State. Uh, Utah and Florida, they have already kicked off, and they are also right now 7 nothing. 7 nothing's is what I got the score on that Utah beating Florida right now. We've got picks to get to. I already put out on socials. I put out uh, my weekly picks. That's because this Utah and Florida game was one of the picks that I decided to do this week. Um and I can't help but have to put that on there because the game's going to be playing before this weekend when all the other games that I've got picked uh, are playing. But we've got one day left until Georgia gets to play by the time you guys get to hear this or see this, whether you're watching it on YouTube or whether you're listening to it on podcast. Here's the deal. I'll put this up for you guys um, on the screen for you guys watching YouTube. Here is my weekly schedule. This is how things will go now that we're into the season, the true start of the season this Saturday. This is what my schedule will look like. You will get the previewing of games on Friday morning, usually by 8 a.m. Those are posted on all of the platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts. But it's generally always YouTube is usually what I'm always waiting on to upload. Uh, and generally, it's always ready by 8 a.m. on Friday morning. That way you guys can watch or listen same thing on Sunday. Sunday's usually reviewing all the games from that weekend, and obviously mainly being the Georgia game. That is usually available by 4 o'clock. Now, obviously, if you guys are listening to me right now and I'm talking about Florida and Utah, that means that's happening on Thursday. That's the way I do it. I record on Thursday nights, and generally by Friday morning, it is available. Sometimes you will see it show up by midnight, um, and that's usually how I do it, obviously recording on a Thursday night. Sunday, usually when I get home from church, kind of doing the same thing. While everybody's resting, I'm doing this show, getting everything out to you guys for Sunday. So there's a lot in between that can happen, which gives us plenty to talk about on those Fridays. So make sure you guys tune in there on YouTube or wherever you guys listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. But that is the schedule. That's what we've got going on for this week. Obviously, this Friday episode is going to be this. We're previewing, previewing rather, UT Martin. Like we talked about last week when we were previewing the season, there's not a lot to dive into in this team. Not a lot going on as far as this football team goes. Um, so there's not going to be a ton that we're going to talk about, but nonetheless, that is going to be one of the things uh, we're going to talk about. Obviously, I've just given you guys the update there. At the end of this episode, we're going to do the college football playoff prediction that I've put out for this year. I haven't put it out yet, but by the time this episode airs, I will have that up on all of the socials <clears throat> as well. Speaking of socials, make sure you guys follow us on X. That should be scrolling across the screen at some point in time. Make sure you guys are following us there at Dog Talk 20 Instagram, the same thing, and YouTube. I'd gra- gladly appreciate it. All right, so the SEC preseason polls that I put out. This was it. This is kind of dating back just a little bit here. This is how you see that it ends up ending. And the way that I got to here, I was trying to see. I thought I may have actually put this up, but I don't think I did. But this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, and evidently I didn't put it up, was the actual ins and outs of their records. Um, And I don't have it on here either. So great job for this being a uh, talking point, Um, not having that pulled up here on the screen for you guys watching on YouTube. But 
either way, the SEC preseason prediction breakdown, that may have been something I wanted to add later. Uh, I will break that down on the review come Sunday, so I will kind of push that, um, something for you guys to come back and look at in the way that I kind of got it broken down into the reason these teams fail where they did. As again, I put out that it's not really a bracket, but it's a ranking, and it's true inserting of every game it's not just you putting a team 10 and 0 you have to go week by week and actually put on there who is winning these games in all of these matchups and then obviously the matchup in the sec championship game uh, as well but we'll break that down on the sunday episode since i don't actually have that pulled up on here the dogs we get a night game this kickoff is at six o'clock against ut martin we finally get a night game didn't get one last year and we've got one this year it's cool that it's open in the season anytime you can have a night game even if it's against nobody in this case. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's really fun to be able to see the lights of Sanford and the and the fun stuff they do. I was looking earlier in UCF. I think they were doing some light show, and the lights didn't come back on when they tried to do it. So hopefully we don't have any of those kind of issues uh, when it comes up for that. So, man, whew, kind of shot out of a cannon here. I'm thinking about this SEC preseason prediction and how I didn't get this uploaded. I'm kind of upset at myself for that. Um but nonetheless, hey, we'll preview it on Sunday. It's no big deal. And it's not really previewing as much as it's breaking down the reasoning why I think these teams end the way they do. And a lot of that is, you know, all of the talking heads that I've been seeing so far, even as far as the, the week zero games on the College Football Network or on College Football Game Day, excuse me, was everybody picked Alabama to win the SEC championship. And that's part of the reason I want to break this down is because – I just don't think they're going to be that good this year. I think LSU is going to be good. I think Tennessee is still going to be good. And I actually have South Carolina being pretty good, which I could see that actually not playing out that way. Um, But some of just the talk as far as other games before we get into this, Florida playing tonight, Cam Rising there, Utah's quarterback is not playing. So that could make a difference in this game. We'll talk about that kind of once we get down into the picks. But, hey, dogs, get a night game, 6 o'clock Saturday. It's going to be fun against UT Martin. Make sure you guys have a way to be able to stream that game because, obviously, it is not on any kind of a cable networking channel. So ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. I do believe that if you have, like, SEC Network on your cable channel, if you guys keep cable i do i've got dish so if you have that you still have the ability to stream it for free i've seen it on the espn app because you have sec network it allows you to watch that as well so that is at least one good thing injury updates before we kind of get into breaking down uh, this game so far in the preview so far what i've heard is Kendall Milton. He is out of a black no contact jersey which means he is now taking uniform reps and can actually be touched. So that is at least a good news as far as the running back's room go because obviously the conversation we had last week was, what are we going to do? What's happening with our running back room with Branson Robinson being down? Are we going to be able to actually have guys step up in these roles? Are some of our guys who are beat up, are they going to be able to come in and step in in this position? Right now it sounds like Kendall is coming along okay. Same thing with Dejon. He is still in a black jersey, but – from the words of Kirby, he is at least working uh, and and he's practicing, which that doesn't necessarily mean anything. That doesn't necessarily mean just because he's practicing that he, you're going to see him on the field on Saturday. If I was guessing, more than likely you won't see very much of Dijon, if at all. I do think we're going to see a little bit of Kendall, but then on the other side of that, I think it's going to be a lot of Andrew Paul, Roderick, Cash Jones, a little bit of Kendall is what we're going to see on Saturday. That's just my expectation. I know I've seen some kind of whisperings about 
maybe like Dylan Bell sliding back there, maybe even a Brock Bauer scooting over and running the rock a little bit. I don't really see that happening much unless it's that sweep around the end that we've seen Brock do a couple of times and even Ladd, uh, but I don't really see them lining up in an actual running back position. Smile Munden, he's been practicing, so is Kamari and Dan Jackson as well. So that's a few of the injuries. I really, from listening to Kirby, you know, you again, when a coach says that somebody's practicing, I don't take that as the gospel of he's going to be on the field on Saturday. I take that as, okay, he's practicing. Doesn't mean he's game ready. Doesn't mean he's ready to get on the field. Uh, I would be surprised if we see a lot of Kamari, if at all. Um, smile, it sounds like we might see a little bit more of. Um, and then Dan Jackson, I'm not really sure. Uh, I know we'll see a good bit of Chaz Chambliss, which I'm excited about seeing him kind of fill that role that Nolan Smith had last year. So that's a little bit of the injury update as we kind of get into things and getting ready to prepare for this upcoming uh, game against UT Martin this weekend. So I want to thank you guys for being here. Really glad to have you guys here as we get geared up for this episode. Again, previewing the UT Martin team that is coming up. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. So this is what we got. Georgia. Good thing on this is Georgia is returning 61% of its total production from last year. You guys have all seen these numbers. Georgia, 52% of that is on defense. 70% of that is on offense. This is one of the things that I've been thinking about, not necessarily coming into this game, but coming into the entire season, is the fact that Georgia's offense really doesn't bode much of a question for me. I feel like throughout the offseason, throughout camp, as we've kind of been rocking and rolling through it, you have heard Kirby talk about different sides of the ball. One front of that was we were thinking, hey, the offensive line is going to be the stout part of this offense, where then you have a Carson Beck who is not necessarily proven, but sounds like he's got all the assets we need in a quarterback standing back there as well. You've got those two things figured out. Running back room's taking a little bit of a shot as far as injuries go, so how deep do we go there? Do we have enough depth? Is it an issue? Doesn't sound like that is because we're getting Kendall back. Dejan, he's right there on the verge of, I think, coming back. But you also have a couple other guys that Kirby seems to be believing in uh, pretty well coming out of camp as well. Wideouts, I heard this question this week asked, you know, how do you feel about the depth at your wideouts with as many guys? How do you get that rotation? Kirby said that we're thin, and this was kind of something I was surprised about. Kirby said that we're actually thin in the wideout position, which I was a little surprised about. Maybe there are some injuries that we don't know about. I know he was talking a lot about Lab McConkey last week, that there is the possibility that Lad's actually injured. Um, does that mean he starts? I don't know. Again, I think the schedule lines up so well these first couple of weeks that for these guys that are injured, we're able to we, – we don't have to worry about playing a Clemson. We don't have to worry about playing an Oregon to start the season. You have UT Martin coming to your house in a night environment to start the season. So the schedule bodes well for you to get these guys back and healthy, to get these guys reps and, and built back up for the upcoming weeks. And I know it's, it's kind of like a broken record. We've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks. It's getting these guys back, getting them reps, yada, yada, yada. You guys know how it is. But – I think that's a really big deal, and this this week in particular, getting some of these guys back and a Kendall who probably hasn't taken very many snaps from what I've heard in fall camp, this gives him the opportunity not only because he didn't get that much in fall, but he gets the repetition or, or, or the uh, the reps in general against an opponent, which at this point in time, Kirby will tell you just like anybody, these boys are ready to get after somebody other than themselves because they've been playing themselves all offseason. They're ready to hit somebody else. They're ready to run against someone else other than their own team. 
And at this point, I love what Kirby says every week. It's not about the other team. It's not about the team that's across from us. Will we look at what they do? Yes. Will we prep for that? Absolutely. But if we can focus on ourselves and work on ourselves, we're going to be just fine. So if we're getting a Kendall Milton back and we're getting him in shape, Dejan coming right up behind him, getting Kamari and Smile back on the defense and getting those guys back in their normal spots and working on things, getting them up to speed for the season – is a really good thing, especially coming into a game where you're playing an opponent who you should be able to take care of very easily. But we have to work on ourselves getting into this point. So that's a little bit of the injury updates as we kind of get into everything in the game here. Again, Georgia's returning a lot of production on this season, which, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about. Defensively, I still have the question of, for me, it's, it's still just the question of, Will Georgia, on the defensive line, do we have everything figured out like we need it to be? 50 to 52% on defense returning. The defensive line is still a little bit of a question for me. Do we have those guys who are run stoppers in the middle? Do we have linebackers who are prepared for that? I don't have a doubt in my mind as far as it goes of do we actually have these guys that are going to be ready. For me, it's not a doubt in my mind because I know that Kirby's going to have them ready. But nonetheless, it still does at least make me curious what's going to happen when we get in a game-time situation, not necessarily against a UT Martin, not necessarily even against a UAB or even a Ball State. But when you get against South Carolina, how is our defensive line going to stack up? And not not trying to take credit away from UT Martin, who in last year was a 7-4 and four football team. 7-4, and four, they were 5-0, and oh, won the – I think it's Ohio Valley Conference Championship, back-to-back, matter of fact. They're back-to-back conference championship champions up in the OVC is what they call it over there. The comparisons is that Tennessee game, which we talked about this, I think, last week. If not last week, could have been the week before. They lost to Tennessee pretty bad. But the number that I see there is a 65-24 to victory for Tennessee, obviously. But it's the 24. That's what I kind of circle on this, and I go, okay. This is a team who can actually score on you. I don't know that these 24 points were scored in mop-up. I don't know that this was 17 points scored in mop-up, 10, 7, 3. It doesn't matter. 24 points is what I see on the defensive side of the ball for Tennessee. Now, that's talking about Tennessee, you know, because this isn't necessarily Tennessee that we're worrying about right here this week. We're worrying about UT Martin, but I still like to look at the comparisons in teams that we play, how we played some of these teams last year, how they are stacking up against those teams. And again, I know it's last year. It's hard to compare what's going on last year, but when you're coming into the season, all you compare everything to is what happened last year. That's the comparisons that you make. You also kind of make some of the adjustments to that based on the team that you have in place. A lot of that is quarterback play. What is the quarterback play going to look look like? Obviously, Stetson Bennett's not here. We have Carson Beck. What is that going to look like going up against a UT Martin team? who defensively is going to give you pretty much everything that you want, especially on a Georgia team who should overpower UT Martin in a pretty big way. But nonetheless, defensively, I want to see us be able to stop somebody. The past two years have been very, very good defensively for Georgia, and I just kind of want to continue to see that thriving for Georgia because one thing that we haven't seen from Georgia in years past, at least over the last three years, is a team who's given a lot up on the ground, is a team who you know, is worried about a team running on them. I don't really see UT Martin throwing the ball all over the place on Georgia, but you do have to you do have to be prepared for pretty much anything coming into this one. Um, 
Defensively, Georgia's just not bringing as much back as offense. But it's UT Martin. Should be okay this first week of the season and should be okay the second week of the season. Really, the third week of the season is where I want to kind of see things start to turn around uh, for Georgia. But coming into this game, let's look at uh, the keys to the week, at least the keys to the game that we have uh, pulled up here. Here we go. Offensively, offensively, these are mainly just some things that I kind of want to see in that as far as the keys to the week go. This is what it is right here. Offensively, let's see. I want to see us run the rock. If we're going to talk about the depth, this should be the great opportunity to be able to get get in here, run the ball heavily against this UT Martin team. Get your running backs, whether it's going to be, you know, Andrew Paul, whether it's Cash Jones, whoever it is that's back there, even if it's getting a Kendall Milton back and starting to build his reps up from not really getting them in the fall camp. Let's run the rock. Run the rock. Let's see how successful we can be on that. Uh, Carson Beck, I put him in here as far as a key to the game because I think Carson is going to be a key to the game in this one. I don't expect to see a lot of the starters in this game very long. Much more, you know, I, I, I really don't expect to see them much more than the first half. You know, I think once we come back out in the third quarter, you may see a little bit, little bit more of Carson Beck. A lot of it's going to depend on the score, but you may see some more of them just to get rips. You know, you might see them all the way to the fourth quarter. I'm not really sure, but I think he's still a key to the game. I think this is a good opportunity for him to be able to come in and, and get loose against a team who he should be able to really dominate in all facets of his game. And he's so smart. That is the last one of it is playing smart. You know, we don't want turnovers in this game. We don't want stupid mistakes, making a bunch of penalties that we are not disciplined coming into this game. It's just playing smart football on the offensive side of the ball, not turning it over. Same thing with special teams, which is not one of the categories here for the keys to the game, but it's playing smart. Let's not drop the ball. Let's not turn the ball over and let's not make stupid penalties there on the offensive side of the ball. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. I've got on here creating depth. For me, this is, hey, let's let's get some of these young guys in and create that depth. Let's have meaningful snaps for some of the younger guys who are, you know, behind the scenes and who have been working all fall camp and working all offseason to get into this position. Let these starters get some good work in. Get the workout in that you want them to have, especially against other competition that's not themselves because they are ready to do that. But then creating depth uh, within your defense and and just knowing, hey, solidly, anybody who's in Kamari's position, if he's not out there, we're, we're creating depth by getting these guys meaningful reps. Then have it great. I think it's always going to be a defensive key to the game. Let's let's get some turnovers. Let's see this defense really wreak havoc on the offense of UT Martin, whether it's affecting the quarterback, interceptions, fumbles, whatever it is, let's wreak some havoc on them and keep that havoc rate high. And then communicating. You know, when you get some of these younger guys in here, again, you're returning 52% of that defense here. Communication is key on defense, especially, you know, making checks, reading what the offense is lining up against you there. It's just communicating and getting this team. Kirby has told you this, and he says it in his presser pretty much every week. The team that is here now is not a team who won a national championship last year. Are there team? Are there players on this team that won one last year? Yes, but this is a different football team from last year. It is a much different football team from two years ago. So even though it's a back-to-back national champion team, this team that's on the field this year going for the three-peat has nothing to do with the previous two national championships. 
They have to be able to win all the games that are on their schedule, and it starts with communication on this defense, learning the schemes of this defense, figuring all of these things out. We talked about this last year. How much of a drop-off is Georgia's defense going to have after the record-setting year or two years ago on defense for the guys who were drafted? Turns out we were okay. Well, we drafted, we drafted a lot of guys last season, too. And I'm going to beg to ask the same question. How much of a drop-off is there going to be? I have no doubt in my mind there are still studs on this team. There are still dudes on this team who are really, really good football players. But I want to know how much of a drop-off is there going to be this season. I don't really expect there to be much, but I think this is a good way and this key to the game. Communication between these guys is one of the keys to the game to make them successful in this game and every week really moving forward uh, as well. So that is the keys to the game as we move through that. Now, some of the other games that are going on around the week, I do want to look at a couple of them that have already happened from week zero and kind of just recap on some of those. Jacksonville State winning 17-14 to over UTEP, which I think was their first win in, I think it was maybe it's FCS, whatever it is. I don't remember exactly what it was. But first win for Jacksonville State, maybe it was in that conference. doesn't really matter. Let's move on to it. Notre Dame, Notre Dame actually looking really Really good starting the season off. I think they went over to, I don't even remember what country they went to, to be honest with you, and opened their season against Navy in a big way. Notre Dame ranked 13th starting the season, won 42-3. A couple of the other ones we were curious about, Hawaii and Vanderbilt in a strange game where there's no end zones on either side to sit in. They've got a scoreboard that's hanging from a net, basically, and two cranes, one of the oddest things I've ever seen. Uh, and Hawaii's coming to town, and it, it gets rain. They have a bunch of lightning delays to start it, finally start it. Vanderbilt kind of pulled away for a little bit in this one, but Hawaii kept it close for most of the game, and it ends 35-28 Vandy with their first win of the season. One of the other ones I really wanted to see how this team was going to look, how they're going to match up against a team that they should be a lot better than I expected. And they pretty much were was USC, number six ranked USC, playing San Jose State, excuse me, winning that one 56 to 28. The big number there is, again, that 28, that defense of uh, Lincoln Riley still to me just doesn't really seem to be showing up in a way that I – in a way that I feel like it should show up on a team who's playing for national championship odds. Now, do I think that that can change? Absolutely. Do I think that that's really going to affect how they end up in the end? I'm not sure. I'm kind of on the fence uh, against them, but that is what it is. Let's get into the weekly picks for this week one. Again, like I told you guys, as far as the first part of this goes, one of these teams is already playing right now. And a matter of fact, let me see if I can get a score update for anybody that's going to listen to this as soon as it comes out. And by the way, my plan next year, if you guys watching on YouTube and you guys listening to podcast, if you enjoy the video side, Uh, of podcasting or shows like this my hope and plan is by next football season will be to have these shows be live once we start the season have my really it'll be thursday night show live and then the sunday afternoon show possibly live as well Um, but that's that's my hope that's my goal for next season but we've got a lot of stuff to work on before we get to that point such as the hope for better internet but we'll see how that goes so getting into the week one picks here we go georgia versus ut martin not a scoring pick on this one but i am taking georgia i think if there's anybody in the world who's putting any kind of money on ut martin i don't have i don't have words that's all there is to it by the way i did go back and look and i lost my sheet that I actually had this on. I wanted to see if I could see. I still, I still actually write my notes 
on a sheet of paper that uh like the old school way writing it on there but i can't find it right now looking back last year at my picks i was over 500 i was almost 600 i was like 583 on the season not necessarily the greatest but i was over 500 on my picks last year so i felt pretty good about that hopefully we can be a little bit better this season moving along so florida utah that was the next one florida playing up at utah uh this game opened pretty wide i think it opened at like 11 or 12 when it first came out and then cam cam rising yesterday goes down and that number dropped all the way to to four still in utah's favor but dropped all the way down to four and i was like man that's that's a low number i said but I kind of like getting it here just in case it creeps back up. And sure enough, when I put all of these in, uh, this was this was yesterday. So this was the timing where all of this locked in, for me at least. And that's Florida at Utah. I'm taking Utah and that four points. I'm pretty sure before kickoff, at least when I looked at it earlier today, that number crept back up to like six. Uh, but I like, I like Utah by like six, really five or six points. So I like Utah with that four. Um, and at the moment, Utah is up exactly four points. It is seven to three in the just pretty much just started the second quarter uh, of this football game. So give me Utah minus four on that one. FSU and LSU, this is going to be one of the big ones as far as the picks go because really to me this is a toss-up game. This this number when I looked at it was at two and a half. I'll look and see what it's pulling up as here. This game's also on a Sunday, so this game has dropped down to two right now. Still in LSU's favor down at two, but I'm, I'm locking it in at two and a half. Give me FSU with the win plus two and a half, but this is really one of the only losses I have LSU having this season. I expect LSU to be a really good football team, only really losing one. Really, I could realistically see two games, this being one of them. Uh, LSU was a really good football team last year, and in this game last year, LSU should have won it. They really kicked themselves in the foot more often than not, and that's the reason they lost this game. They only lost it by one, but I've got some pretty high expectations for FSU this year. When I first started looking at it, I was like, ah, 10-2 and two team, I could see that happening, and I still believe in that, but I've kind of got some higher expectations for that uh, that we'll get to shortly. But give me FSU plus 2.5. I can see FSU winning this one by a field goal. Then we got South Carolina, North Carolina. This is another big one that's happening this weekend. Matter of fact, I think this is the actual only Saturday game that's that's a big one like this. I don't think it's on Monday. Yeah, it's on Saturday. So it's still the same thing. It's still North Carolina by two and a half uh, on this one. And the Dukes Mayo Classic, seven thirty on ABC. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm taking the I'm taking the, the the underdog in this one. Give me South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to come off of the end of last season, kind of on fire. And a sprint. If biggest thing in this, the biggest question for South Carolina how how can Spencer Rattler play in these games? And to me, if he comes out with his hair on fire like he did at the end of the last season, he could be in Heisman conversation. And he's going up against a a very big Heisman candidate in himself and Drake May in North Carolina, but I think I think South Carolina comes into this game with some juice. Uh, so give me give me South Carolina. I'll take South Carolina winning it and winning it by two and a half. So give me that plus two and a half. I could see them winning that one by a field goal as well. So this is how I line up. If you guys aren't watching on YouTube, give me Georgia over UT Martin. Give me Utah over Florida and laying the points, minus four at the time that I saw it. FSU and LSU, uh, give me FSU plus two and a half. South Carolina, North Carolina, give me South Carolina plus two and a half on it as well. So that's what I've got. Now, some of the other big games that are coming up this week as we kind of look into it here. 
We've already talked about Florida and Utah that's going on now. Obviously, this game will have gone final by the time this episode airs. Coming into the Saturday slate, really not a great slate. you got Virginia and Tennessee, not much happening there. Colorado and TCU is only big because of how much uh, Deion Sanders has been talking at Colorado. But TCU is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Now, if I'm picking this game, and I'm not, but if I was to pick this game, I would take Colorado in those points because I think TCU is going to be okay, but I don't think that they're good enough to beat Colorado by that. Now, if they do, I think that's really going to hopefully kind of close the mouth of old primetime up there a little bit because that's all you hear right now is a, is a lot of talk out of Colorado. But until they can walk the walk, the talk don't matter. So moving on into some of the other bigger ones. And again, there's not really a ton of big, big games this weekend. I mean, really looking at some of these, it's like, man, this is a kind of a wasted opening week. West Virginia, Penn State, uh, I think in normal years that'd be pretty good, but West Virginia is not all that great this year. We've talked about North Carolina, South Carolina playing there in Charlotte. USA and Tulane, South Alabama playing Tulane. That'll be good. Tulane is a ranked team there at 24th. Tulane a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Sunday is where you get that big game, number five, LSU, and number eight, FSU. Again, LSU two-point favorite. That one's going to be on ABC at 730. And then on Monday, you do get Clemson and Duke. Clemson is a 13-point favorite. That one will probably be a pretty fun one. So for the next really four days, you get to watch football. Uh, Friday, you know, there's not really any big games on or anything like that. But you got high school football that you get to check out. Saturday, you got to sleep pretty much all day, even though most of these games aren't going to be really good. You get to watch Georgia in a night game stream it wherever you do check out some of the other games sunday you have the big one sunday night and then monday night you get to watch that too so it's really fun to at least be able to watch some of these other bigger games that are going on and there's not really a lot in this week one you really have lsu fsu south carolina north carolina and that's about it there's not really huge games this week but week two that's where we really kind of ramp some things up let's get into college football playoff predictions uh, and this year what i've decided to do in years past i've kind of just revealed one by one in it this year i'm going to put the whole thing up and i'm going to tweet this out basically the same exact time that i put this episode out and i'm going to break this down there are two teams who i realistically see playing in the national championship that I think pretty much everybody has in that same spot. The two teams that I have below them really is a toss-up. When I started looking and going, okay, I, I decided let me break this down by conference. So I did the SEC, which is something that we're going to break back down on the Sunday episode because I forgot it, but did the SEC. I get Georgia is an undefeated team. Tennessee is a one-loss team underneath them. LSU is a one-loss team across, but losing to Georgia in the SEC Championship, giving them two losses, more than likely taking them out of contention. But then if you have a one-loss Tennessee that's below that, where do they fit into this picture? All right, so now I go to the Pac-12. I kind of do some number crunching there. I've got one, possibly two teams that come out of that with either one or no losses. One of them I'm pretty sure I gave one loss, but nonetheless, one loss doesn't necessarily negate you from this. Here's where I started running into the problem. I go to the Big Ten, and I run these same numbers. All of a sudden, I have the possibility of two to three teams having just one loss there, one of which would end up having another loss because of losing in that Big Ten championship game. 
Then I go to the ACC, two teams that I think are going to be at the top of the ACC. Really, there's three kind of floating around up there. But in the end, I have a team who's kind of coming up and I feel really good about. So let's get to it. This is it right here. If you guys are watching on YouTube, and if you're not, make sure you go and check out the YouTube channel. You'll enjoy uh, the graphics that I do put up there. So this is what I've got. I've got Georgia at one. I think Georgia goes undefeated. I think Georgia wins the SEC championship. Again, you're not going to get tested until late into the season. That SEC championship can be a good one, but I feel like Georgia still has the dogs, no pun intended. Actually, full pun intended. I feel like Georgia still got the dogs to get there and do it. Who are they going to play against? I've got at that four spot USC. I think USC is going to have a one loss on the season, kind of putting them in that spot, but they do actually get over some of these bigger games, some of these bigger games that they have to get over to get to this spot. So give me USC in the four spot. The number two spot, I have Michigan. I don't care if, if Jim Harbaugh has all this going on with selling a cheeseburger, which it's much deeper than that for you guys who keep just saying it's all about selling a cheeseburger. Uh, it's it's a good bit deeper than that. But me and, me and Hunter were talking about this, and me and some other people have talked about it as well. It's hard to pick Michigan because they get to these big games and they don't win them. They don't. Jim Harbaugh gets to these big games and he doesn't win them. It's taken him uh, since the last two years to finally get over the hump that is Ohio State, and he's done it in back-to-back years, so give him credit for that. But it's like I was telling these guys when we were talking about it. Georgia was in the same position. Two years ago, Georgia was in a position that 2017 couldn't get over the hump. 2018, Georgia couldn't get over the hump. 2019, it just keeps going down that, that track. Georgia can't get over the hump since 2012. Cannot get over the hump. Eventually, it has to happen. You eventually have to win the big game and get over the hump. And I think this is the year that Michigan gets over the hump. And these are the two teams. Let me let me move on to number three, and we'll come back to it. Number three, I've got FSU. I think FSU is going to be really good. Again, either at 11-1 and one or 10-2 and two team. I'd be surprised if they go completely undefeated, but I could see them 11-1 and one and beating Clemson in a, in a championship game to be your ACC champion uh, that carries the team. And I would like this, a, a – Big Ten, an ACC, a Pac-12, and an SEC four conference for the last time that this is going to happen with these teams before realignment happens. This is where you get this four-way matchup. Leaving the Big 12 out, which is hard to do because if I did my five and six, my first two teams out, I do have probably a Tennessee sitting right on the outside, and I also have a – a Texas, I think that's going to be sitting right on the outside. And I think Texas is going to be really good this year. I think Texas wins the Big 12, but I think they have one or two random losses in there that kind of keeps them right on the outside looking in. Even if they're a one-loss you know, one team, the, the hard part is if you win the Big 12 and you have an undefeated Georgia who wins the SEC, an undefeated Michigan who wins the Big 10, and then you have a one-loss USC who wins the Pac-12, a one-loss FSU who wins the ACC. All of a sudden, you have a one-loss Texas who won the Big 12. That's when it's going to come down to scheduling. How does it, how does it line up? How do you match up against one another? How do you put who where? That's the good thing about the expansion next year is this is going to change that. So when you get these good teams that are there, you know, it negates itself and they, they make it in. Uh, anyway, so that's one good thing about that that's going to happen next year, but this year it doesn't. This is never going to happen. This is my prediction on it, but I've never seen a prediction come out perfectly like this, especially when it has four different conferences and not having at least two represent here over the past three years. That's what's happened. You've had two teams from one conference at least get in, whether it be the SEC last year being the Big Ten. 
So I'm curious. I'm curious to see if that's going to happen or if we're going to have a season where you truly have four different conferences for the last time before these conferences really start to break apart, really before the Big 12 or the Pac-12 ceases to exist. I think this would be really cool to see this happen. Uh, and I don't have a pick on the national championship game. Again, I think it's really hard for, for a team to back-to-back-to-back to back to back it. Again, it hasn't happened since the 30s. I think Michigan's ev- eventually got to get over the hump. Um, I will say this. I, I, I feel confident in the fact that Georgia can do it, <clears throat> 100%. I feel confident in the fact that I think Michigan can do it too because they eventually have to get over that hump. But I will say this as far as on behalf of Michigan goes. If there is a year that Michigan's going to do it, it, it's got to be this year. I said this same thing about Georgia in 2017, and they didn't do it. And they got back to that place. But it took them three to four years before they got back to that place to be able to do it. This is a team in Michigan who I feel like is the most talented Michigan team there has been to be put on the field in the last five years. Last year was a good team. The year before that was a good team. But I think this team they have this year is better than those two teams over the past couple of years. So that's why I have them in that two spot. And if this is the matchup you get at the end of the season, if you get a number one Georgia undefeated in all aspects, conference winning champion, you get an undefeated Michigan in all aspects, undefeated through the season, Big Ten champion, you're talking about a clash of all clashes when it comes to a national championship. So that is my preseason prediction on it. Georgia one, Michigan two, FSU three, and USC in the fourth spot. USC was probably the toughest one put in there because I just don't think they have enough defense to get – 100% to this but when I look at some of the others I'm like yeah they've eventually got to win a good one too and I think Lincoln Riley finds himself back in a position to be able to win or at least try to play for a national championship I don't know if that means he's actually going to do anything with it again will he actually play well enough to get here we're going to see will he play well enough when he gets there hasn't proved it yet but like I say everybody eventually has to get over the hump so that's what we've got. That's what we've got for it. Dogs playing against UT Martin coming up this weekend. I'm very excited about it. I know you guys are too. And uh, I look forward to that when the time comes. Let's see that score update. Still 7-3 to three on the Utah game. You guys don't care. This game is over by the time you're listening or watching this. So we'll get out of here as well. Man, I'm fired up about it again. Dogs get the night game in the Sanford Lights coming up on Saturday, 6 o'clock against UT Martin. Make sure you guys follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, at DogTalk20. Search us up on YouTube there as well. Also have a Facebook page. Don't really push it too much, but if you guys don't mind following us on all the socials and if you guys want to support the show patreon forward slash dog talk i greatly appreciate it gives you the ability to support the show and keep us going and if you guys are listening on podcast make sure that you give us a rating i'll be sure to shout you guys out if you guys don't mind doing that and then last but not least if you're watching us on youtube hit the like button and subscribe to the channel i greatly appreciate it otherwise we'll check in with you guys later on after the game go dogs